The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, principal at Top Sale Strategies, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, from Media Post, Sarah Mahoney, a little outlook for the holidays. You know, it's never too early to be talking about holiday retail. Well, the National Retail Federation came out with their forecast this week. They are predicting sales gains between 4.2 and 4.8%, which translates to over $700 billion in November and December. And that's a little bit less than last year. Last year was really bolstered by growing wages, stronger employment, and higher confidence. This year's forecast, same kind of thing, increased job creation, improved wages, tamed inflation, and an increase in net worth, all kind of giving those consumers confidence to spend. Uh, That also kind of pays off if you're a seasonal employee. Uh, They're expected to be around 650,000 seasonal employees, which is up from a little over half a million last year. Now, Deloitte is forecasting an even bigger jump between 5 and 5.6% this year, and we're waiting on the International Council of Shopping Centers and Foresters, which their numbers are expected to come this week. So, really great news for those of you in retail. It is your Super Bowl season. I really hope it goes well, and it kind of sets the pace. So, concludes the year for this year, but sets the pace for next. Our purse profile today is the Gucci girl. This is a single woman in her late 20s, a higher income, very fashion conscious. Demographics about um, 2,000 of these women. Uh, College grad, single, employed full time, of course, no children. Uh, And they are really wanting to make a statement, either in their lives or with their friends. Um, They want to pursue unconventional things. They want to be challenged, and they're seeking novelty. They want to get to the very top of their career. They'd love to have their own business, and it's important to them that their family believes that they're doing well. Um, And, you know, to them, they say money is a big measure of success. Uh, When it comes to shopping, they're willing to try new stores and new brands. They're not particularly loyal. In fact, coupons drive them to stores where they don't typically shop in general, and they love looking for discounted clothing at discount department stores. Uh, When it comes to entertaining, uh, home is where the heart is. They love entertaining at home. Uh, It's really important to them to have a circle of close friends and lasting relationships. Uh, So what are they reading? Where can you intersect with our Gucci girl? Well, they're reading Cosmo, Glamour, Elle, In Style, Allure, uh, Entertainment Weekly, and they're watching E, Lifetime, Bravo, HGTV, TLC, as is the rest of the world. Well, my guest today knows a lot about those young women and even younger women. Kate Schatz is a feminist writer, activist, and educator. She's the author of the New York Times bestsellers Rad American Women A to Z and Rad Women Worldwide and the accompanying journal My Rad Life. Um, 
Kate has co-founded Solitary Sundays, which is a nationwide network of feminist activist groups, and she speaks often about politics, resistance, feminism, race, parenting, and more. She's on the show today because her latest book, which came out this summer uh, with Miriam Klein-Stahl, Rad Girls Can, features young women and when I say young women I mean young women under age 20 (laughs) these are women across many generations who have lived and are living very rad lives and I'm really excited to explore some of these young women with you on the show today Uh, Kate's books have gotten love from all kinds of top flight publishers like Elle and BuzzFeed Ms. Teen Vogue you just the list goes on and on And, um, of course, she's received lots of love from all kinds of cable and mainstream news outlets as well. Um, Her book of fiction, because, of course, she would have a book of fiction as well, is called Red of Me, A Story, which was published in 2006. And her work has been published in uh, many an outlet as well. She even has a short story uh, that has won a notable award, Best American Short Stories of 2011. And, um, you know, I could go on about Kate. She has quite the history and education as well. Let's just to say I'm thrilled that she's on the show today. You're going to love hearing from her, so you're going to want to stick around. Purse Strings returns after the break. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate email brasco at wmr.fm are you looking for the best in wordpress speed security and scalability wp engine is a digital experience platform for wordpress powering digital experiences for large brands around the world with easy to use site management tools and powerful do it your way development features WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back. My guest today is Kate Schatz, a feminist writer, activist, and educator. She's the author of the New York Times bestsellers, Rad Women, Rad American Women A to Z, and Rad Women Worldwide, and the accompanying journal, My Rad Life. Her latest book, uh, 
knotted here in July. It's called Rad Girls Can, and it really is a compilation of diverse group of young women who are leading and have led incredibly rad lives. You'll recognize some of the names, other names you won't know at all, which is also part of the fun of reading the book. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on. And, you know, when your publicist reached out about your book, um, the book had actually hit my doorstep and I had opened it up and I looked at it and I went, oh my gosh, this is a book my daughter would absolutely love. And I (laughs) I intend to give it to her as well after we do this interview, but I wanted to be able to look at the book myself. Um, Congratulations. I should say this is also done in illustration by Miriam Klein-Stahl and the illustrations are fabulous. Fabulous. Um, you know, clearly it's the latest in a series of rad books that you've been doing. I, I'm really curious what led you to write about this group of young women, all of them under the ages of 20, which makes them even more remarkable, um, at the time of their rad acts. And as I mentioned, some of them have been in the past and some are current. But what is it about these women that really struck a chord with you to bring them forward now today? Well, first of all, I don't blame you. If you want to keep the book, maybe we can send you another one for your daughter so you can both have a copy. Thank <laughs> you. You know, I often, describe, I often describe these books as children's books for people of all ages. Um, you know, so, you know, we're writing for young people with young people in mind, but really I think that they are books that appeal to people of all ages because they're just good stories, I think. Um, I get really excited to learn about these fascinating women and girls. And the two previous books that Miriam and I um, did together did focus on women um, who had lived extraordinary lives, but were had lived their full lives for the most part. And we travel around the country talking to young people all over the place. And we heard over and over from young people that they wanted us to write a book about people their age. Um, young people love to give us suggestions for future books, but that's the one that we heard the most was, you know, can you write a book about girls or can you do one about people our age? And we realized that, you know, they, it's wonderful for them to have kind of aspirational heroes to look up to, but they also wanted to see people who were more like them. Uh, so we listened and that's what we did. Well, you certainly did. It's an incredibly inspiring book. And to your point, I I think it would appeal to anyone of any age because it is, these stories are so inspiring. It makes you so proud of these young women. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, you just, every one of them are unique in their own way and they're brave in their own way. Um, And it just, you know, it reinforces a lot of what I'm seeing around this every day. You know, you have to use your voice, your talents to create change whether it's change for others or change for yourself and don't let anyone get in your way. I mean, that was a big takeaway for me. I don't know what great. you wanted the takeaway to be. That, I mean, <laughs> pretty much that. I mean, that, that's great to hear, you know, and I think that one of the things that the girls in the book, I think, have in common is that they all had a passion um, and, and something they really cared about. And again, in some cases, it was something related to themselves. It was their, a love for an art or for dance or for something they wanted to pursue for themselves. And then some people in the book 
pursued stuff for other people. They're activists. Um, they're you know they're leaders. So they were and they were they made change in their community. Um, but but no matter what they did and no matter what time period it was, there was something that they deeply cared about and that they pursued um, despite obstacles, despite doubt, despite not knowing if they could do it. And that's that. Yeah. So that is the takeaway that I wanted. Just that these are bold and brave girls who really really went for something. Well, success. Check that box. You definitely did that. And and the other thing that really struck me, too, is these are young women from many generations, various walks of life, ethnicities, challenging situations. I mean, it would be hard-pressed not to find someone you couldn't relate to, you know, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them, you know, I knew by name. Clearly, I think anybody would know by name. But there were a lot of virtual unknowns. And, of course, as I mentioned, there aren't all contemporaries. So why was it important to show rad girls from different time periods and backgrounds? Well, for one, it's just really fun. I, I think, you know, I I love including people from ancient history and people who are literally nine years old right now. Um, you know, and, and part of that is that we, we, in our books, we really try to make history seem fun and cool. And I think so often with history books, um, you know, they are taught and uh, history tends to be taught in a chronological way. You know, you, you um, and, and we want to kind of mix it up and have fun and kind of place these girls in conversation with each other across the century. You know, no matter where they're from, no matter what time period, you can see these similar things. Even, you know, if they were in the 18th century or now, um, many of the girls had similar challenges. Um, and then there's a lot of interesting kind of little threads of connection that you can make. And again, I think it's really important. I do think that there's someone that anybody can relate to in the book, but then you're also going to see people that you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might, again, find some surprising connections with someone um, who led a life very, very different from yours or very, very different from what you're familiar with. Um, so those are the kind of unexpected connections that we hope that people can find. Uh, well, I like I said, as I read through these stories, I was thinking, boy, I can see connection there, or maybe I can't connect, but I can appreciate. I think there's definitely, Mm -hmm. you can appreciate what these young women have accomplished. Um, I, there are great stories in there, but I would be interested in a few that you really um, sparked to. I mean, I'm clearly, you loved each and every one of them or you wouldn't put them in, but can you share Mm -hmm. one or two quick stories of some young women that you feature in the book? Sure. And, you know, I think the other thing to add about the range that we include is that we also wanted to show just a range of what people can do in the world to make an impact. So there are stories in the book of women who did really great kind of epic things. You know, we have a story of, you know, an ancient Chinese warrior, Princess uh, Yang, who was, uh, you know, she was this epic warrior that led a giant army, Princess Ping Yang. Um, and then we have kind of girls who just made a difference in their community. Um, so I think two of the stories that come to mind, one is a story of Yusra Mardini. And I think that was one of the most powerful stories for me to research and write about. She is a Syrian refugee um, who then went on to swim in the 2016 Olympics as part of the first refugee team. Mm -hmm. Um, 
She, when she was escaping from Syria as a teenage girl, the boat she was on with 20 other refugees began to sink, to begin to sink. And she was a trained swimmer. She dove into the water and she swam the boat to shore. Um, she mm-hmm. swam for over three and a half hours in the dark in the Mediterranean, saved the lives of all these people, made it to Germany to a refugee camp and began training for the Olympics. And I think her story of perseverance um, and the kind of personal face she puts on the global refugee crisis is incredibly powerful. She did all that before she was 18. Um, (laughs) Yeah, amazing, to say the least. (laughs) And and then, so that's like this epic story. But of course, many of the readers aren't going to encounter, you know, circumstances like that. And so a story that comes to mind um, on the kind of flip side of things is I love the story in the book of Cordelia Longo. And she was a middle schooler up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, And when she was in seventh grade, she got her period at school, which is something so many young women have dealt with. And as many women will relate to, the school's machines that had the menstrual supplies were broken. She didn't have any tampons or pads. She had no money with her. She felt panicky. She felt like she couldn't talk about it. But she decided that that didn't seem right. And so she started a petition for her school to provide pads and tampons for free for all students. And she got boys to sign her petition. She got her teachers on board. The school board listened. They changed the policy. And then the local high school did the same thing. And I love that story because it's this thing that so many young girls have experienced, but that we're totally taught to not talk about at all. Uh, and it was this small thing she did in her community, but it had a much bigger impact um, on, on another school and really liberated the other kids at her school to talk about this thing that's often very shameful. So I like those two stories because they show like this kind of huge global impact um, as well as a smaller but still significant local impact. Oh, two great ones. And I, and again, there's so many great stories in here, but one that I particularly enjoyed was Madison Kimray from Burlington, North oh, Carolina. Yay. Yeah, you know, I'm from North Carolina, number one, so I think great. that was part of it. But the other is, it's such a story that we can all appreciate today. You know, this is a young woman who was really fighting for the right for young people to vote and to um, have a say, to register to vote. And the governor of North Carolina, Pat McCrory, who, by the way, was uh, in the Charlotte council when I was living in Charlotte mm-hmm. so I know him mm-hmm. so again I was it really resonated with me had put the kibosh mm-hmm. on it and the fact that she just she didn't stand down and she was really focused on the ability to get 16 and 17 year olds to pre-register to vote and just she was so mm-hmm. respectful in her protest if you will and she didn't mm-hmm. she didn't she didn't allow uh, McCrory's, uh, I guess, flippant response to her mm-hmm. to display her. You know, she just really stuck with it. And that's stick to I think, is what I really appreciated mm-hmm. about her. And, of course, she persevered and she won and the court overturned his voter laws, which was, again, mm-hmm. super exciting. So that's one that just really, I just thought, oh, gosh, what a young woman. I mean, she's just young and just really could have just gone silently into the night, right? But she didn't. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that that one resonated with you. I think right now as we're 
a few weeks away from our midterm election. A, a story like that is so important. And I think we're seeing young people registering to vote and mobilized in ways we haven't for a long time. I actually just saw an article this morning um, that upwards of, I think, over 70,000 young people in Florida have registered to vote as a result from the uh, March for Our Lives and the movement of the Parkland students because they've really focused on voter registration. So Madison's part of a whole generation of young people that believe in the power of voting and really believe in the power of young people in particular getting out there to vote. And and that's something that she was passionate about when she was 12 years old. And that's an aspect of that story I love is that she wasn't even old enough to even pre-register right. to vote, but she, <laughs> she still was campaigning because she wanted her friends to be able to do it. And she knew that when she turned 16, she wanted to pre-register. Yeah, exactly. So she was on board early and it took her, mm -hmm. I mean, several years to, to battle that too. So it wasn't like a one and oh, done, yeah. you know, it just, it takes perseverance. And I just really appreciated that about her. I do want to tackle um, this whole timing of your book and the world mm -hmm. we're living in today, but I want to take a quick break before we do that. And then Great. we're going to dive right into that political hot potato in just a minute. So everyone stick around. Kate Schatz will be back in just a moment. Her Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save $100 off of registration using promo code radio one. That's radio and the number 100. Don't miss Content Marketing World 2018 in Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Register now at contentmarketingworld.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for its 7th Annual International Mobile Web Award Competition. This award program is an opportunity for mobile developers to demonstrate their expertise in this growing medium. It recognizes the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world who create and maintain outstanding responsive and mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entry is September 28, 2018. Submit your entry today at www.mobile-webaward.org. That's mobile-webaward.org. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business -business podcast network through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. 
I've been chatting today with Kate Schatz, a feminist writer, activist, and educator, and she's the author behind Rad Girls Can, illustrated by Miriam Klein Stahl. It's the latest in the series of rad books. The other two were about rad women. These are about rad girls under the age of 20, and it is just chock full of inspirational stories of young women who have faced challenges and perseverance and done really brave and heroic things to change their lives and change the world. Um, and right before the break, we were talking about one particular young woman and her push for pre-registering to vote in the state of North Carolina. And you talked about here we are just, you know, months away from uh, the elections and a lot of young people have just really rallied around this getting, you know, preparing to vote, registering to vote. I feel like your book, Rad Girls Can, has come out, I don't know if you planned it or not, at this particular time when there's a we're in this political climate that has really, I think, activated a large group of our population to t- be more active in politics. It's also come out um, here in the Me Too movement. Uh, we've got the whole um, guns and violence in schools situation. I mean, there's just lots going on. Talk about this um, this book coming out now and and what impact you're hoping that it will have, if at all, around these issues. Sure. Sure. I mean, well, I certainly didn't plan it or time it that way. Uh, No one can ever predict, you know, when and how these things are going to happen. And, you know, I've been part of a feminist movement and culture um, since I was a teenager. I've been doing this kind of active, you know, I've been an activist. I've been involved in racial justice and reproductive rights. And so this is my life's work that I've been involved with. I've been I've been trying to get people to vote and I've been marching and doing all this stuff since (laughs) I was a kid. So it's always fascinating to me, though, to see how things do line up culturally. Um, Actually, our second book, Rad Women Worldwide, came out um, about uh, a few weeks before the 2016 presidential Mm. election, um, which I had hoped for a much different outcome. And it was fascinating to see how that impacted sales and and the reception of the book and I was anticipating a very different kind of book tour with that book something much more celebratory about the power of women Mm -hmm. Uh, and it turned something different but again um, so so I certainly in terms of the timing of Rad Girls Can I wrote the book in the wake of the 2016 election Mm -hmm. I wrote the book um, you know in the first maybe you know in a kind of research in the first six months or so of that new administration. So it was post-Women's March. Um, so I, again, these are all ideas and beliefs that I've held for my most, almost my entire life, but I was very conscious of what I was including in the book um, and and how it could be speaking to this um, particular political moment. So for example, the story of Yusra Mardini, the Syrian refugee, mm-hmm. I was really researching that when the kind of global refugee crisis was it's still absolutely a crisis, but we had kind of a peak moment and then we had the Muslim ban and that's around the time that I was researching and writing that story. So I'm always thinking of my, you know, when young readers encounter these books, many of them are going to be encountering some of these stories or concepts for the first time. Um, I have stories in the book about transgender girls and women, um, and I know that there are going to be readers who have not encountered that before or who have only encountered it in a negative way, maybe from family or from um, from their community. So when I present stories about refugees um, and young women and girls of color, of trans people, of people who are, you know, who 
for disabled people who are marginalized. I have stories about uh, undocumented immigrants, um, and I know that young people are going to be encountering that, and I, it's my duty and, and a real privilege to present positive, empowering um, versions of these people who have been really demonized and harmed by this, uh, you know, our current political mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I think your timing is impeccable, whether you meant to, <laughs> even if you did mean it to come out <laughs> now and in this climate, it's just really, I think, can provide so much hope uh, for anyone who reads the book. And I know, you know, you've talked to a lot of these young women in, in preparation for the book. When you spoke with them, do they have a sense of hope that real change can happen in their lifetime on some of these key issues? Or, um, you know, are they feeling like this battle toward equality, whether it be political, social, sexual, financial, is just kind of a no-win situation? I'd be curious what, what you're hearing out there with these young people. Oh, I think that they are so hopeful. Um, and it's not even like, it's not even hopeful. They're just really determined and mm-hmm. confident. Um, and and they're just kind of, you know, it's like, I think as we, the older we get, the more jaded and <laughs> we get the more baggage we carry around, you know. And, and um, they're, you know, it's funny. I actually just did an event. One of, the, one of the girls that we profile in the book, she's not a girl anymore. She's in her 60s. Um, she's a grown-up. But the story is about her as a girl, and it's Mary Beth Tinker. And she's, her name is notable because she was part of the landmark Supreme Court case from the 1960s, Tinker v. Des Moines, which established free speech for all public school students. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically gave all public school students to write to, the right to express themselves, to protest, to wear a political T-shirt, as long as you're not um, disrupting the educational process. And, and, and Mary Beth was 13 when she went before the Supreme Court um, and to testify that she had the right to protest the Vietnam War at school. So she's still an activist, and she, that's what she devoted her life to. And I did an event with her, and she told me she was talking to some teenage activists. And they looked at her and they said, you know, young people are just we're fresher. <laughs> and, I mean, and they said it, she said that they said it with, with great respect, but they were kind of talking about like, look, we're just fresh. We're not, we, you know, we're, we're fresh with ideas and we're kind of fresh into the world. And so they, they, I, so that's what I, how I would describe it. There's a freshness um, to, to the activism. And I've gotten to do events with a lot of the young people from the book and they just have this fresh, confidence Mm -hmm. and I mean they're not and I wouldn't describe it as naivete at all I think they're incredibly attuned to the challenges of of politics and of this climate Um, but they're very confident and they also just have a they just don't wait you know Mm -hmm. Um, so they're not they don't so sometimes, you know, I, I've done a, did an event with some young women in, in Vermont, some um, young Muslim spoken word um, poets, and someone in the audience, a much older person, had asked, you know, oh, I don't know what to do. How do I make a difference? I don't know where to get involved. Like, it was, you know, like many of us kind of question, what is the most effective use of our time? And, and they were just kind of like, well, just do something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like their answer was very, it was like, well, just figure it out, do something right now, don't wait. And if, and if you don't see what you want in your community, if the group or, you know, organization doesn't exist in your community, just start it yourself. Mm -hmm. And they just had this very like, why wouldn't you do that? Um, And I think again, to go back to the students from Parkland, we saw, you know, they went through this unbelievable trauma 
and got this platform that none of them ever wanted, right. <laughs> um, again, as a result of extraordinary trauma. And then they were like, well, we're going to use this and we're just going to go around the country registering young people to vote. And that's what they've been doing. Um, so there's a, there's a way in which they're fresh, they act, they're not asking a ton of questions, and they're not bogged down by all the practical stuff that us adults are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think there's a lot to learn from that. I think there's a ton to learn from that. We, we tend to overthink because we know the things. We know the challenges. We know the barriers, right? Yeah. And they don't. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we're not wise. And and I think Mm -hmm. to me, you know, the most effective young youth activists that I've encountered are the ones who are also receptive to the wisdom of their elders and who understand what it means to learn from the past and to learn from history and to look to people who've been doing this work for a long time. So this is not to say that they are don't care about us old stale people, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that they can be that they can both, you know, you know, have respect for elders, but also be leading in a way that is empowering and, and very authentic to, to where they're at. Well, and it sounds like they have a lot of advice for us that I think is wise before, beyond their years. But what advice would mm-hmm. you give them about navigating our society today? Do you have any words of wisdom to share? Oh, I absolutely do. Okay. I mean, one is that you just have to keep at it and it and and change takes a long time. You know, and as you indicated with the story about Madison, uh, that, you know, she worked for years campaigning, you know, on the on this voter pre-registration of voters. Um, you know, and I think that I do sometimes worry that in our very instant kind of social media climate um, and in this political moment where there's a breaking news story every week and we move on very quickly, um, I think one of the biggest messages is that the real change and real systemic change and work takes a lot of time and you might be working toward a goal that you might not get to even live to see <laughs> or right. to realize right there's a that there's we're a very results oriented culture where we want something now we want to order it off of amazon and have it show up at our doorstep that night <laughs> um but that's not how real change happens um and and so, you know, you have to, have, if you really believe in something, if you believe in a cause, you have to be willing to work toward it, even if you personally might not reap the benefit of that immediately. Um, and I think that's something for young people who are growing up in a very viral instant gratification culture um, do need to know. Yep. Great, great words of advice. So what's next? You've got this great book. I'm sure it's wonderfully received. What, are you already working on the next book? What are you up to? Well, I'm, I am, we are starting to work on a next book that we'll have coming out in 2020. Um, right now, I'm actually very focused. I also, you know, my activism is not just on the page. I do a lot of real life activism. So I'm doing a lot of organizing around our upcoming midterm elections. Um, I'm doing a lot of book appearances. I'll be at the Miami Book Festival um, in November. Um, it'll be post-election. So hopefully I'll be really yeah. excited and relaxed and able to talk about all the awesome candidates that I supported that won. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we are, Miriam and I are at work on on a next book in our series um, that we can't get too specific about. It's still a little bit under wraps, but we're really excited about it and it'll be coming out in 2020 in time for that next election. Uh, And also coinciding with that'll be the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, which is the uh, amendment that gave uh, most American women the right to vote. So that's coming up. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got a couple other projects up my sleeve. And then um, I, di- I get to do a lot of um, talks and visits and book fairs and school visits and assemblies around the country. So um, I do a lot of traveling um, with my books and get to interact with lots of cool young people. That's the most fun part, I am sure. 
I am sure that is. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> well, Although remind- I, miss, I miss my own. I miss my own young people. I am. A, <laughs> I have two small children, so I, oh, I try to limit yeah. my travel because I miss yeah. my young people. <laughs> I know how that goes. Travel is is really a wonderful thing until it's too much, and then it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I want to remind everyone where they can get your book, Rad Girls Can, on Amazon, correct? And where else? Yeah, well, um, you can get it there, but I really love to direct people as much as possible to your local independent okay. bookseller. Um, and if you don't have one in your, if you have one in your community, if they carry the book, great. If not, they can order it. Um, but if you don't have a great independent bookstore in your community, but and you want to order online, you can also go to indiebound.com, I-N-D-I-E-B-O-U-N-D, IndieBound, and uh, just like Amazon, they can get your book, um, but they'll get it through an independent retailer somewhere in the country and ship it right to you. Perfect. Support the small business or the medium business, but just the local business, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, and I want to I invite everyone to go to radgirlscan.com to learn more about Kate, her work, her writings, and of course, you know, learn more about this wonderful book. You can also follow Kate on Twitter and Facebook. Kate, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to have you and continue the good work. And thanks to my producer, George. Join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.